listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Thursday the 2nd of September. You are listening to Recap, made for you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. Thomas, would you like to hear the disclaimer? Jose, I'd like nothing better. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Thomas. Hello, Jose. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Come in, Thomas, from Wellington. You're there. That's me. That's me. Coming coming in loud and clear, I hope. Um, <laughs> you certainly and, are. Uh, <laughs> It's so, so great to be back. Um, you know, I've, I've been wondering uh, when I was going to get the call from you, Jose. You know, I, I, was, I think I was your first, uh, first guest in the chair. You were in the and, first week. Uh, you were in the first week of recap, yeah. I know, and, and uh, now I've been um, upgraded, uh, probably temporarily, I'd say, to um, co-host status. Uh, but I was worried, like, had, had I done something wrong in that, in that first spot? I just always assume you're just too classy to be on this, on this podcast. Classy. You know, I, always, I always just assumed you'd be on a sort of James Joyce fan podcast or something like that. Like well, I do run that um, on weekends, uh, mm. and I do a, a Bloomsday special. But, I know, um, I know. But uh, look, I got in contact with you, and you were more than happy to come on the show and uh, fill in for Alice. And so I appreciate you, and I just want to honour that decision that you've made today. Well, I feel honoured to be here. Awesome stuff. We're glad, glad to have you. Should we uh, crack on and see what has been happening in the in the world of financial news? Let's do it. Um, so, how about how about I get us started, please? Great. So, um, I'm going to start with a New Zealand story, and it's uh, full of great news for fans of flat pack furniture named after places in Sweden. Oh. Um, so, uh, earlier today, NZX listed uh, Kiwi Property Group announced that they had reached a conditional agreement with IKEA the iconic Swedish homeware brand, to sell the retailer 3.2 hectares of land at Sylvia Park in Auckland. Oh, I love IKEA. I've been to an IKEA in um, Europe, and I enjoyed the meatballs and the sort of uh, styling they had there because they they'd set up bedrooms to, mm. in the store, in the middle of the store, and it was uh, it was fantastic. I was like having a really big dollhouse set up in front yeah, of you. It can be a bit disorienting, right? You kind of wander into the space and it's like you're in someone's home almost. Um, I found it but, great. I, I mean, it satisfied an urge I had just to walk into people's homes. So I true. thought I was good. I was into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the meatballs point, like I, I'd heard um, about uh, IKEA's meatballs uh, and uh, and I feel like there was some fame behind them, but I wasn't sure if it was a an, uh, somewhat apocry- apocryphal story or not. Um, no, however, they've got meatballs. They're very nice. Yeah, what, what's your um, review out of uh, 10 meatballs? Out of 10 meatballs, I'll give it the Emanate meatballs review. Mm. Nice sauce, well decent. presented, comfortable place. Oh, that sounds great. Mm. Um, 
I, I'm going to have to give them a go sometime. Um, so for those um, who are unfamiliar, uh, IKEA was founded in Sweden in 1943 uh, by a 17-year-old, uh, Ingvar Kamprad, and uh, since 2008 has been the world's largest retailer of ready-to-assemble furniture, kitchen appliances, home accessories, uh, and other little bits and bobs of the home. Uh, and I actually learned something interesting about the company today. Um, they've got a brilliant naming system um, for their products. Um, and it's hugely appealing to a um, slight word nerd like myself. Um, so for their bathroom items, they uh, name them after Swedish lakes and bodies of water. Mm. Um, their linens are named after flowers and plants. That fits. And, uh, and uh, kids' products are named after mammals and birds. And that also fits because they're little animals, aren't they? Just uh, running they just around. Tear around the place. Oh. Picking at things on the ground. Yeah. Um, I Actually, the the whole thing about IKEA sort of uh, launching in New Zealand, I, I remember hearing about about this a while back now. Yeah. So IKEA have been eyeing up New Zealand for a few years now. Um, so they actually announced way back in the pre-pandemic halcyon days of January 2019 <sighs> that they were planning to open uh, their first NZ store in the Auckland area, um, as well as its online shopping platform. And uh, yeah, now it looks like they're making good. And what's KPG all about? Uh, so, well, uh, Kiwi Property Group are well-versed in the retail space. Um, all up, they directly own $3.2 billion worth of New Zealand property and manage over $400 million worth of property uh, on behalf of third parties. Um, so they own and manage shopping malls and office buildings across New Zealand, um, places like Sylvia Park and Lynn Mall in Auckland, uh, Northlands and Christchurch, uh, and of course, uh, the Lower North Island's premier shopping destination, the Plaza, located in none other than the Mecca on the Manawatu uh, and my hometown, uh, Palmerston North. It's always, it's always great to see uh, someone's loyalty to the hometown. And what about the chunk of land itself? Uh, yeah, so the um, the, the uh, piece of land is located on Te Ahoterangi Rise, uh, right next to the Sylvia Park Shopping Centre. Uh, and it sounds like Kiwi Property Group uh, have been eager to have IKEA close by for a wee while now, uh, with uh, Kiwi Property uh, Chief Executive Officer Clive McKenzie saying um, that the agreement is an uh, important step towards uh, their ambition of having an IKEA presence at Sylvia Park. <music> Thanks very much for that, Thomas. Let's uh, jump over the ditch to Australia, where a corporate takeover has suddenly got a way more interesting. Mm, sounds like there's an air of corporate intrigue here. Uh, <laughs> tell us all about it. Okay, so long-time listeners might remember that we've talked about the Wes Farmers bid to buy Australian Pharmaceutical Industries, or API for short. Wes Farmers is actually the company behind a number of names you might be familiar with. They own Bunnings, Kmart and Target. Uh, API is a drug wholesaler. It runs a big change of pharmacies in Australia called Priceline. And the two have been involved in an extended back and forth uh, for quite some time. Wes Farmers would make an offer on, on API. API would then decline and would go back and forth. There was also something of a bidding war. Wes Farmers had seen off a potential rival bidder in Sigma Healthcare. Okay, um, so what sort of money was West Farmers offering? Well, when we last checked in in September on the saga, West Farmers had landed on $1.55 per share, which made it a $764 million offer. That seemed to meet the approval of the API board, who said it would recommend that shareholders accept the offer, and West Farmers had until October 16 to do its due diligence. 
Okay, that all sounds very much like a, a bow had been wrapped on the deal. Yeah, well, you would have thought so. And it would have been if today Woolworths hadn't jumped out from behind the fruit and veg aisle and uh, lobbed a mango into the salad bowl. The <gasps> supermarket chain just came from nowhere and chucked in a bid for API for $870 million. Now that's $1.75 a share, trumping West Farmer's previous bid of $1.55. Gosh, that all sounds very dramatic. Uh, has uh, API commented at all? The company said that the Woolworths offer could be more favourable to the API shareholders than the West Farmers scheme. Mm. And uh, so why has Woolworths uh, gotten into the mix and lobbed this mango into the salad bowl? Well, they just so like mangoes, really. Well, actually, I like oh, mangoes. But from oh, what okay. I've Where read, yeah. But from what I've read, the chain has been keen to get into the pharmacy game, but it's been held back by government regulations that state that pharmacies can only be owned and run by pharmacists. So uh, this is just a method to buy their way back uh, or buy their way into the sector. Okay. So uh, what happens now? Uh, well, it's important to note that the Woolworths offer is indicative and non-binding at this stage. It's still subject to due diligence, which has been granted by API. And it needs approval by the regulators and ultimately uh, the API shareholders need to vote on it. Uh, the news actually had an immediate effect on API's share price. Uh, from a closed price of $1.49 on Wednesday, it rose 16% to $1.74. Just before I came in and recorded this lovely podcast with you. Nice one. Thanks for that, Jose. Um, now, I'm curious to know, um, what's been happening in the US markets today? Uh, well, what hasn't been happening? Um, what we're going to talk about is a car maker General Motors. Now, car, uh, GM, for short, has revised its earnings guidance for 2021. Okay, so what was their advice before? So GM's initial adjusted guidance for the year was between 10 and $11 billion, a billion American dollars, of course, and that was their attempt to account for the ongoing semiconductor shortage. Uh, that's something that's really bit into the production of car makers around the world. GM has actually had to shut down some of its plants temporarily. But on the other hand, it's also meant they've made good profits due to low inventories pushing up the price of cars. All right. Um, and what is the revised forecast? Well, they've changed it up to now uh, around about $14 billion, and that's actually up from a previous increase, which placed earnings between 11 and $13.5 billion. Okay, so what's been um, feeding into this revision in their numbers? Well, apart from that increase in pricing, GM also suggested that consumer demand was strong and that the supply of semiconductors was better than expected. They did note that they haven't factored in any possible impacts from the new COVID variant Omicron. Right. And uh, looking ahead, what about 2022? Did they have any comment about um, next year? Uh, they didn't give any specific guidance, but the uh, Chief Financial Officer, Paul Jacobson, said that while they expect it to be a strong year, they don't think they'll be able to get their inventory levels back to normal until after 2022. I'm afraid our time is done. That brings us to the end. This is That Was Recap for the 2nd of December. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Thomas, for jumping in. My absolute pleasure. I, I love being here, so I um, look forward to um, getting the call next time. Um, but to everyone listening today, uh, don't forget to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and if you'd like to get in touch, our email address is recap at sharezies.co.nz. 
And uh, you can also leave us a voice message. Uh, we'd love to hear your voice. Uh, there's a link in the episode description. Yes, we had a very nice uh, message left to us uh, the other day by Damien. So thank you, Damien, for that. Nice. We'll see you tomorrow. Matewa. Bye.